When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, sir. Well, you told me at the beginning of this year, you said, in, in fact, I think you said this for at the beginning of the last two years, that the playoffs were going to be difficult, that it, it was not a uh, a given that the Wild would qualify. Last year, obviously, they did, but this year, you were exactly right. They didn't. What's now that they didn't qualify for the playoffs? They beat the Jets a couple nights ago, but officially were eliminated when the Abs came back and beat Edmonton in Colorado. Is there a level of surprise that they didn't now on your part, Lou, or not? No, I I, I really didn't think that they would make it this uh, this year. You know, I I just felt that uh, there were a few holes that they had that were going to be too tough in the competition that they had. And what I saw there on the ice, and overall, when you look at the team as a whole, I thought that they they were going to need some other ingredients to get there. And they, you know, they play in a tough division. They got a tough uh, road to start, and then they had some other injuries along the way that I think were devastating to them. So it's no surprise to me at all. Dumbo, right? Right. Now that yep. you know, Dumbo was a big part of the team this year, and he was leading the National Hockey League in goal scoring. And and that alone, uh, having him on defense, could have made uh, a big difference. So it's uh, it's not a surprise, really. Lou, how, how much uh, credence to did you put into because the, the Wild actually came back after this and played well? But if you remember, they played. I want to say they started the season out with about five games where where you said to yourself. The rest of this league now is incredibly fast, and they weren't. And there were just, to me, in that handful of games or so, there were some telltale signs, not that spelled doom necessarily, but really did illustrate the difference between where the best teams are going and where teams like the Wild are probably trying to get to. Well, you knew that they were older. They were one of the older teams in the league, and they'd lost some speed in in, uh, some of the players they lost. You know, they... uh, they lost speed. They got older, and and it, I didn't see where it was replaced yet. And 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 that's to me a, a telltale sign because this game is so fast, and the teams are right now uh, are so much. There's so much parity in the league. Everybody can be beat by anybody. I watched Ottawa here in New York last night, mm-hmm. and Ottawa, you know, lost so many good players and uh, traded away and and, and uh, didn't sign, etc. And yet these kids came in last night and they skated like the wind. They worked hard and yep. and they they won a few games now. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if it's surprising, but when you take a look at what they've done to the Maple Leafs the last few games, it's just amazing. Toronto's one of the better teams in the league, and, and yet they they come in and handle them too. So it's it's 
It's really tough in this league if you don't have speed to win games. Absolutely. So the, the Sens are a, a good example of a team that is 1,000% tearing things down, and, and I believe uh, their owner has essentially come out and said, our plan is to build things up, but we're going to build things up slowly, and if you are patient with us, we're going to be a much better team or a good team in, let's say, three or, or four years. The, the Wild, when Craig made the change from uh, uh, Chuck to Paul, he talked about tweaks. Where do you where do you see the the Wild's ability, Lou, uh, to turn a corner here in a positive direction very quickly? And how much is there just going to have to be a realization uh, that patience in acquiring young players and as you talk about speed is just going to take some time? Well, first of all, they got Capris uh, off. If they ever get him over here, that, that's he's fast and he can score, and that's a, a big big plus for them. Uh, they've just signed a couple of young guys, and and hopefully some of the guys that they've they've drafted are, are going to materialize. So it all it all depends how quickly your young guys are able to step in the lineup and make a difference. And uh, they, they're going to need them more than, than just a couple, and that's why they're going to be on the lookout. And hopefully like the signings like they just made with Strum and uh, Robinson, uh, Robson, who's a goaltender, both of them you know, be able to fit in, in in the near future. When you're able to sign free agents and they can step in and make a difference, that, that's a big plus because uh, those guys are usually a little older mm-hmm. and, uh, and and more ready to play. They don't need as much time in the minors. Explain the Kaprasov conundrum because he, he has obviously been in – he was drafted by Chuck. He's been in the KHL now uh, for some time. What's so? What's the process of of getting him here, and how realistic do you think that is in a couple of years for him to be playing here? Well, I think that he's got one more year in a contract, and after that, I don't think it's a doubt that he'll be here. And uh, so, I, I I just think that <laughs> the fact that this guy has got so much skill, and no matter where he's played, he's made a difference. That uh, they can't wait to get him, and, and uh, when he get him, you know, we are we. I think very much expect him to not just come in the lineup, but to come in and be a difference maker. Yeah, t- top line guy, correct? Yeah, he's uh, immediately. He, you know, he could be their best goal scorer right off the bat. Yes, yeah. Well, and I mean that that does go, go back to along with speed, Louis. I think that goes back to something that we've been talking about throughout the year as well, which is, and this is hard to do. But, you know, there's no definitive goal score on this team now. And they've got some guys who certainly can score some goals, but you really don't have that go-to guy, right? Right. Well, you know, Parisi got 28 and he's been hurt a bit this year. But, you know, Zach's going to get – he's getting older. And, and uh, to expect him to come back and get, uh, say, 30 next year would be a big jump. If he could do that again, that would be remarkable. And so um, – you, you you need some young guys, and, and usually when you look at it, the most productive years for guys are between 23 and 27. So you need some guys coming in around that age. You can come in and, and fill the net. you got to get goal scoring to win in this, in this league. You know, you can't just check everybody to death. Somebody's got to be putting pucks in the net. If and when this team can uh, get good again, Lou, and, and by good I mean a team that you foresee having a chance to make a run here in the playoffs, are Zach and Ryan by that point complementary players more so? Definitely, definitely. I mean, they, they they can't be they can't be the stars of this team if you're gonna if you're you're gonna go far in the playoffs. They've already 
you know, had had a tremendous amount to this hockey club over the number of years. But uh, they get older like everybody else, and you can't expect them in their mid-30s to be the best players on the team. So if Kaprasov uh, is two years out now, what should be the goal for 2019-20 if you're uh, uh, Fenton and this franchise? I don't think he's two years out. I think he's going to come after next year. So you're Okay, gonna... for next year. Sorry. Yeah. So uh, that, uh, that'll that be a big plus. But now they're going to get an opportunity to draft a good player, and they got to make sure the player they draft in, in two years is ready to step in the league. You know, they'll get an 18-year-old, so 18, he won't come in. But 19, the real good ones come in the league. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the ones that are difference makers. So they got to get somebody like that. they got to look in the free agency. they got to see what they could pick up. <clears throat> their, their cap position might hurt them a little bit. That's why they got to do some maneuvering there. Uh, they, they've got to start uh, resolving some decisions there. They, you know, they... They got to start making certain that uh, they got somebody long term. Uh, Stalek's been really good for them as a backup, but uh, you know you're getting to the end of Dubnik's contract. He's probably got two years left, and and so at that time, now Dubnik's going to be older. If you're going to have somebody that's uh, ready to come in as a young guy and play a lot of games, there are a lot of questions that got to be answered there. Who, in your mind, uh, should Fenton potentially look to move in the coming months now, too? So but before we start training camp next year, who would you uh, potentially look to to try and trade? Well, you know, the, he's going to have a tough time to, to trade. First of all, you know, Miko's getting older. Miko's been fantastic for this franchise, uh, one of the best, if not the, the best player over, you know, for a long period of time here. But uh, he's in his mid-30s, and he's got a high, high number in the cap. And so, you know, you, you get space if you can move him, and, and uh, he's probably at the point where you probably got to do something with him, you know, for your long-term value. Now, whether he wants to do it or how restrictive his, his uh, trade list is, we don't know because <clears throat> you have to, at the same time, Get somebody else who wants to take that contract, right? So that that's a big plus, and uh, if you could make that move, and then after that, it's uh, you don't have a lot to to get back for what you're going to give up. Are you? What are you going to give up that's going to get you a lot back? And so, you, <laughs> really, yeah. you're not in that position to better your club that much just from the deals now. Now you got to make them from free agency signings and draftings and uh, and the guys that are already being developed down in uh, Iowa. Do you think Zucker gets moved, or or that that they attempt to trade him? Well, I think it's very fortunate they didn't trade him when they looked to me like he was gone for frolic at the deadline, and uh, Calgary didn't get the papers in because Zucker is going to always get you around twenty-five or thirty. Now, where are you going to get somebody back that's going to give you more than that for Zucker? Mm-hmm. You know that that's a tough deal to make. That's a tough deal to make. He's been a very very effective player for the Wild. What type of return, in your opinion, would Frolic have been if that trade had gone through? Well, it wouldn't have been enough for Zucker, for me, anyway. Sure. I think that uh, he gives you maybe a little more size, and uh, I don't think he's going to be as productive offensively, but maybe he'd be more of a complimentary player, and maybe you know, maybe a little more checking, but uh, I just 
when you're strapped for goals, you don't give up goals. Unless you got somebody coming back that's going to score more goals. And I don't see where that would have happened. All right, I'm going to give you two names that I'm I'm not suggesting, because I, I think you're going to call me crazy. I'm not suggesting they be traded, but to your question of who would get you a lot back potentially, potentially, uh, the two names that I've seen are, are Brodeen and then the first name I've seen is Spurgeon. Yeah, you're right. But why do you want to create a hole by filling another hole? If you create those guys for somebody who's going to score goals, who's going to come in and, and, and fill that hole? Especially in Spurgeon, who's, I know. who's not only good defensively, but he's productive. Mm-hmm. So, if anything, you've got, you got to start planning right now. I was going to give you the opposite scenario. I'm saying, now, how are you going to improve that defense? Because your keys are Spurgeon and Brodeen right now back there. And you know Sutter's going to be there because his contract's there. So after that, where are you going to improve that defense? You're going to be very fortunate because Dumb is going to come back. So there's the key. Yes. So you got your four there. Yep. And now if you want to go to the next level, how do you get there? Well, you if you say... Okay, Spurgeon's older than Brodine. Maybe uh, we we could trade him. But what would you trade him for? Would you trade him for a forward? I mean, who's going to take that position in defense? That he he feels so adequately. The guy's he's one of the better guys in the league. I know. So now you're creating a big hole. <laughs> yes, you are. But it, it's the only thing that I've seen where where you would where if you took him to market, you you would stand you would stand to get a lot back. As opposed to other guys, where where to your point, you get something back, but is it going to exceed what you're giving up? And the answer is definitely, almost certainly not. So. You're getting a lot back, but you got to remember one something: you're giving a lot up. Yep. <laughs> so I'm with you. It's just the two. It's just yeah. the name I've seen. Yeah, I, I don't know what's in the marketplace. What you're going to drive now? Are you going to be able to get a good young defenseman that's capable of getting to the level where Spurgeon's at? plus maybe somebody else up front or a draft choice that gives you the opportunity to maybe get another goal scorer. Mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you what's available because I don't talk to the general managers on, the, on the different teams in the league, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a deal you gotta, you got to tread very, very lightly with. Do you know what this team needs, Louie? This team needs Peter Trelli back with the Oilers because he was the one guy it seemed like you could call and get a great deal from. <laughs> The Taylor Hall deal is one of the all-time. That is Brock for Bruglio of the National Hockey League. And and, uh, unfortunately for New Jersey, he's missed about 46 games this year. I watched him play the other night, but uh, that was not a good deal for Edmonton. And and that's a case of just what I was trying to tell you. You 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 wanted to fill a hole, but you created another big hole up front. You know and. And especially when you get a game changer. By the way, he was the most valuable player in the league last year. So, you know, you you really got to be careful when you're making those kind of deals. You got to you got to make certain that you have uh, the support group left or or enough assets left that are going to mitigate what you're giving up, and you're going to be beneficial by getting people filling another hole somewhere else. You know, you make good deals when your team is better by the deal you've made than it was before you made the deal. Mm-hmm. 
and that that's how you should always. It doesn't matter what the other guy does going somewhere else. Are you a better team after trading away X, Y, or Z to somebody else and getting A, B, and C back? And if you're a better team, the deal's good. If you're not a better team, the deal's bad. I think there, there's a case to, to be made, too, to backtrack on what you've been saying as well, Lou. And, and patience is not fun. But if Kaprasov's going to come over in, what would be, what, 2020, 2021? Yeah. That you... That you no, s- no, he'd be... Uh, or, so he'll be yeah twenty twenty one yeah right, right. so yeah. so that that to your point though if you apply patience there and and you get guys back you don't make drastic moves uh, that appear to be panicked as far as the trades go Lou and and you're you might not be great in two thousand nineteen twenty you might not be terrible but you're patient there that then you get that influx of a really good player in two thousand twenty twenty one that that might be the best play yeah. Well, not only that, you know, we, we, right now we're not talking too much about the strength of the Wild. And I really like uh, some core pieces they got. I love having Greenway. I love having Kuhn in there. And act. these are good young players that that I, I think are going to continue to improve and, and play very well. The one thing about those three guys, they're very competitive, they work hard, and they have an upside. Yep. So you got that. you got somebody who scores like Zucker. Uh, next year you're going to still have stall back. You'll still be somewhat productive, and so will Parisi. You're not far away from making a playoffs if you could add a few a few guys in in some spots. If if Fiala can get to the point where he's supposed to get to, which uh, you know Fenton thinks he's capable of scoring 35. Well, if he can just get 25 next year, that's going to be a big big jump from where where you are this year. You know, so you you got to. When when you sit down before the season starts, you look at your team. We always used to look and say, "Okay, what can we expect from this player, that player, and so on?" And what you're trying to do is, in your mind, get an idea of how many goals are you going to score. Now, do we have enough? Is that going to be enough to get us in the playoffs? And you got to get so many goals. You know, you you always look around. Now the league's gotten a little tighter. It's opened up a bit now, but it's a lot tighter than it used to be. And so you still have to score goals. You don't have to score as many to get in the playoffs, but you've got to find out where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Do you think um, Stahl is hurt? I No, I don't know if he's hurt. I, I, that I can't tell you. I, 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 he's had played a lot of <laughs> – he's had a lot of minutes this year. He's played a lot of games. Yeah. But, uh, he just looks very – he looks very worn out and, and has for a while now. Well, you know – He's he's had to pick up the slack because uh, Miko has been gone for so long. Preezy's been gone. Uh, you traded uh, Coyle and and Granlin, two other centermen. That uh, you know he's he's the big player. He's he, he's had a lot of work, a lot of work there. And and that's one thing you got to watch. As the guy gets older, mm-hmm. he's got to play less. Mm-hmm. Be as as effective. So big upside guys: Cunning, Greenway, Dumba for sure. Donato, I think for sure, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fiala, I think is going to be fine. I Fiala strikes me as, as a guy who's had to play his off wing some and doesn't look comfortable. But I think what, once he is comfortable, he's go, he's going to be fine. And the the three young guys that have under or not young guys, but the three guys that they have acquired since uh, February who have underwhelmed me would be Victor Rask, Aberg, and Batetto. But I do think. To your point, I do think that that upside list is pretty good, 
and and that it lends itself to a different chemistry both on and off the ice that than this team has probably had or not probably has had for the last four or five years. Yeah, that that's for sure. I I I I, I think that the key piece in there could be the guy that you just says, yeah, maybe. Uh, Fiala, if he can score the way Fenn believes he can score, he could be the leading goal scorer on the team. So he is the key piece in there. Because you gave up your best player on the team in Granlin, your best forward. But, you know, he was most complete forward. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that if Fiala can get to where Fenn thinks he's going to go, all of a sudden you you got – you got some major league scoring up front because you're going to get it from Preece. He'll give you some when he's playing. You know, unfortunately for him, he plays so hard. He's had so many injuries. He's never been able to play a full season the last few years. Right. But when he plays, he produces. And then you're going to get it from Zucker. He's not going to stop scoring. You'll get some from Stahl. You're going to have you got the upside with Greenway and Cunning and Eck. So you got possibilities there. And, and but but it's a lot of it's revolving around Fiella. You need somebody to be a thirty-five, forty goal scorer on your team if you're going to get somewhere. And 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 he's the one that they're counting on to do it. Two questions: uh, your personal opinion of the job that Boudreaux has done this year, and then your personal opinion of do you think uh, Fenton and Leopold bring him back? I don't think there'd be any question he's coming back. If he if he wasn't, I'd be very surprised. He's done Boudreaux as has got as much out of that team as you were going to get out of the team. <clears throat> uh, we're forgetting some of the troubles that they had uh, with the club. You got injuries to start with. <clears throat> you had some inconsistency in the Nets in November and February after the All-Star game. You had uh, trading of uh, some core players, and yet they battled right to the end there. He's, he's, he's done it. For a long, long time, and I don't know if anybody would have got more out of what they had this year than he got. So to give up on him and come in with a new coach right now, well, I know one thing, I wouldn't be doing it. Right. Have you ever seen a guy, and you probably have, but when's the last time, I should say then, that you've seen a guy um, throughout the course of a year push as many buttons as Bruce had? And, And I say that in an admiring way. But, I mean, this guy is, you know, he's hugged him, he's yelled, he's done. I, I feel like he has done everything a coach can do, and, and he looks exhausted, and I don't blame him one bit. But this has been such a long year with so many different circumstances, it really seems that he's gone to about eight different buttons to push throughout the course of the season. He has, and, and he, you know, he's had a trying year because of a lot of the circumstances around the team including these injuries that were, you know, massive, and then changing some of the players and then some slumps. There's been there's been uh, some guys not living up to expectations. There's been a lot of stuff he's had to do. Mm-hmm. And and I, I just think that, uh, you know, they just need, you know, to me they need an influx of some people that can just be a little more productive I mean, you know, we don't talk about it. One of the guys that I, had, I thought had a terrific year this year flying under the radar, and we don't talk about it because he wasn't productive when you look at how many goals, but Felino had a terrific year. Yes, he did. You're right. Felino had a terrific year, yes, and we he... just go by that, you yep. know. But 
but uh, your fourth line is going to have to be better, and it will be better as long as you got Felino there playing like he's been playing. I mean, that was that was. I t- I'm telling you, I gained a lot of respect for him. Over, I didn't watch him that much in Buffalo. Didn't know that much about him, but uh, he's another asset that they got that you know we just sort of pass over lightly. This guy's he's been a big addition to the team. That's true, and and he came in. I thought last year and underwhelmed me completely. And he was he had some really great games and periods, and, and then he, he would disappear. And it felt like throughout the course of this year that he didn't disappear really ever. He played. I'm I'm with you. He came back, and I thought played really really well. He really You're did. Right. Yeah, he he was. He, if you say like an unsung hero, he was one of them this year for sure. I thought I thought this guy really grew, and I I only see him growing more from here. So. When when you miss the playoffs, you're always people tend to think you, you you're throwing the, you know the team into the trash can. They're all done. They're mm-hmm. not that far away. Mm-hmm. That's why that's why they're in it till right now, and and they had to suffer some adversities that hopefully they don't have to go through next year. And with the additions and the growth that they internal growth that they have the possibility of getting that I think they could get, uh, you know. It's not so much patience; it's just building with the blocks you got, while other pieces are out there for you to find and, and implement uh, some moves that you know bring them bring them that that step that they have to go. Beyond Fiala, which of these young kids do you think could take a a massive step from this season to next? Greenway. And maybe even Eck. I really like what I saw with Eck after, after he came back from the minors and, and from injury, and the trade was made, so they had to play him in the middle. Mm-hmm. This kid, he's got a. He, I think he's going to be much better next year than he was this year. He's going to play like he's played next year. He'll play like he's played uh, the last month that he's played here, which has been the best he's ever played here. Because he's not, he's really good defensively. We all knew that he can skate, he can shoot, he can do things. Mm-hmm. But he looks now like he's getting confidence into becoming more offensive. Yes, and I think his numbers are going to get much better next year. His confidence was just shot. Yeah, it previously was dead, done and gone. Right. So, our, so among the playoff matchups that we're going to get next week, I believe the playoffs start on Wednesday, and we'll certainly talk about them next week. Which playoff series first round are you looking forward to the most, or potential? Toronto, Boston. Really? Now Toronto's yeah. been a Toronto's been as we talked about last week. Toronto's been really weird. That's so, exactly why I'm looking forward. Do you think the that most. they'll give them a tough? <laughs> That's exactly right because you would think the boss is going to go in there and just sail right through them. Yes, you would. And I'm not so certain that that's going to happen if they get rid the lead. You know what's funny in Toronto? They've been, especially fans, they've been saying, oh, you got to get rid of Gardner and this and that. Well, they found out now what an important piece Gardner is. And if Toronto gets Gardner back, that's all the difference in the world for that team because they've been having really a lot of problems on the blue line. Mm-hmm. Their forwards are unmatched. Nobody's better than them up front for balance. You know, you got Tampa and them, Washington, you got. A few teams that are elite, but they all in, in Boston, of course. Mm-hmm. But and the goaltending Toronto's got is you know they've been getting good goaltending from Anderson. Their defense have been a, an enigma, and especially with uh, Gardner out. Now if Gardner comes back, I want to see what happens in that series. 
Interesting. Why Why do you think, uh, in retrospect now, the Central Division was not nearly as good as we thought? And what's really weird is, you know, the Jets and Preds have been up and down and up and down. And we all, I, I believe, we all thought that the Wild would have a tough time m- making the playoffs, in part because that division was going to be so good. And if anything, that division, Lou, has just been inconsistent. Well, I think there's a couple things happen. The good players have gotten older, and a lot of key pieces were moved because of salary cap uh, issues in in uh, Chicago and Nashville. Uh, and and uh, and I still think Winnipeg's got a goaltending problem. I'm I'm not sold on that goaltending. Helen and, and, and yeah. Oh, and the kid they started and, and, and a couple nights ago. The other night, he, that wasn't you know, fair. Dodgeball, he was hard to hit. I mean, you know, I mean. <laughs> He, 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 you know, the while I got the first three goals were awful. Yes, yes, they were. Um, but, but I think that uh, I like Winnipeg's team a lot. Mm-hmm. But Hellebuck's going to have to give them Stanley Cup goaltending. I like them a lot. If they get the goaltending, they can go all the way. Winnipeg is capable of winning the whole thing if they get goaltending. If they don't, they won't. So, if they forfeited or not, if they, if they don't finish first and they they play a 2-3 matchup in the central in part because they started that poor third string goaltender who had no business playing a couple nights ago at the X Lou. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. Is that worth I mean, I would have never to get the guy only second game. Well, yeah, and well here's the the thing too. Helen Beck had played, I believe seven consecutive games. Okay, it's seven consecutive games, but we've seen Dubnik play far more and talked about it. Is that worth it? I That shocked me because that kid gave them no chance in goal. Not only that, they'd been beaten by the Wild four times during the year. And they were, you know, they were going to the Wild's home ice. And Wild were desperate. They had to keep continue to win. So you knew you were going to get the Wild's best game. Yes. I, I just, I, I couldn't understand that move. I could not understand that move. Now the backup goalie's hurt, so I I get I get that you don't want to play Hellenbuck every game, but yeah, I I was absolutely shocked that in the midst of trying to avoid a two three, and instead play what the seventh place wildcard team, you basically gave yourself no chance. I it just astounded me. So well, and you you know you, you forget too that the defense in these teams, the, the number of shots they get, these goalies are getting twenty three to twenty seven shots a night. Mm-hmm. I mean, Glenn Hall played over 500 games in a row. Look at Brodeur, how many games he's won. They had the number of games he's just won. You know how many games? For years, the better goaltender has played at least 65 games in a year. Kemper started something like 19 or 20 straight, Lou. For yeah, the, I, so I, I can't coyotes. believe that Hellebuck was in the, in the net. So that, that I agree with you. Western Conference matchup that uh, in the first round potentially intrigues you the most. Is, is there one in particular? It looks like it'll probably be what San Jose and Vegas. Yeah, I, I, I you know what? I think Vegas is going to beat them this year. I, I, I think Vegas is going to put them out. San Jose was sort of a sleeper pick. Mm-hmm. They're not playing very well right now. Mm-hmm. And I think the best addition at the deadline was made by Vegas in Mark Stone. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, and I and I think that uh, it's Flurry, and I think he's back healthy now. Is playing goal the way he can. Mm-hmm. That um, San Jose again. You know, some of the better players are older, and and, uh, and they they don't. When you look at San Jose's team, I always get concerned about their defense. They got great offensive defensemen in Burns and Carlson. Mm-hmm. But they're not great defensive defensemen. 
And I think Drew Dowry said it best the other. You know, he he was mentioning the other day how he says, "How can he have like burns up for uh, for uh, North?" North, he yeah. says. He says he gets beat three to five times a game just because you get points. So that's that's the mindset of San Jose that they're going to beat you with offense. And and in the playoffs, the one thing that is very very prevalent is good defense. Yep. So I'm I'm just yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking that Vegas is going to win that. Actually, Lou, as I look at the Western Conference right now, to your point about the Jets, you've got potential goaltending issues potential with the Jets, with the Flames, with the Sharks, and then your two wild card teams. If Bishop is is healthy for Dallas, and then um, Grubauer for Colorado have been absolutely fantastic. He's been out of his mind. This could this could potentially set up for some very interesting first round series if uh, the Flames and Jets get the goaltending that we think that they might, which would not be a good thing. No, that's right. <laughs> but that's uh, that's going to be the whole key to any of their their runs to the Stanley Cup Finals. I mean, when when you're when your question mark is goal, you know that if it if it I mean, if it's a question mark throughout the series, you're in a bad spot. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a team win the Stanley Cup win the Stanley Cup with uh, just average goaltending. You gotta, you gotta be, you gotta be good. You gotta be good. Yeah, because the the Jets, Flames, and Sharks all have, I I think, fairly significant questions there. Yeah, and their question is always going to be: Is our goaltender playing as good as the other goaltender? And if they're not. They're going to be out. Last thing, they got to be at least as good. If the other guy's just average, then your guy can be average, and then it's going to be the better team that wins. But if they're not mm-hmm. uh, as good as the other goaltender, you got problems. Last thing, Lou. If the Columbus Blue Jackets do not make the playoffs, considering what they did at the deadline, how big of a I don't know if disaster is the right term, but I'll go with that. How big of a disaster is that, considering what they're going to lose? And and how much they gave up to try and get in? Well, I have to tell you, I I, I listened to the general manager and, and he talked about some of the three guys that they've got in Europe that are really terrific players. They feel that the risks they took are more than manageable because of what they got coming, even if they lose the players. Okay. But it still is a disaster when you have that many good players come in. Like you say, who who gained the most quality good guys at, at the trading deadline or right around there? It was Columbus, and that's why it is the most surprising that uh, that if, if they if they don't make it, I mean, I want them to make it because I <laughs> I really like what they've done. I, I like the fact that uh, they've added so much to that team, and I think that they could be fun to watch in the playoffs. But they got a battle. I, I, in my mind, Carolina is going to make it for sure, and it's going to be between them and Montreal. I was going to say, Louis, you you went Columbus over the Canadians. I mean, Montreal. It's I always like them in the playoffs just because I think it's more fun. But that's a it personal is more preference. Fun. But when you look at Montreal's team, they're they're fast and dangerous. They're small, fast and dangerous. Yep. But they don't have the name power that Columbus has got. That's why I want to see True. what happens with with those names, the Panarins, the Duchesnes, and. And, and guys like that in in uh, Columbus, you know, that they've they've gone out and added uh, to single. They've added so many 
different pieces. I just want to see if they get in, could they be real dangerous? Because if you remember last year, they had Washington dead, done, and gone. Washington wouldn't have won the Cup. 2-0, right? And Washington came from behind a number of times in the playoffs, yeah. overtime games. Instead of going out in the first round, they win the Cup. Yeah. Uh, oh, I forgot to ask you. In Carolina, the storm surge. Did you like? Did you like the post game stuff or no? In Carolina, I loved it. I loved it. It's, I loved watching the celebrations in football after the touchdowns. Yep. And I just think that it was it was novel. It was different. It didn't bother me. And the fact that it energized the base, the fan base there, and became such a talking point around the league, and it drove Cherry nuts, which is surprising because Don Cherry wears the most outlandish stuff on TV you can ever see. And for him to be put off by, you know, Carolina doing something like that was surprising to me. But I, I, uh, I think it really helped their their attendance there and the interest in the team, and that's why I loved it. All right, sir. Thanks, Louie. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks. We'll talk playoffs. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.